Learn It From Layman. I am Carl Christensen, and I'm joined again, unfortunately, and habitually, by Tim Cox. Veni vidi vici. I don't appreciate that language around here. <laughs> That's right. No one appreciates Latin. <laughs> um, all right. So this week we are going to be talking about uh, movies, uh, favorite movies, and uh, heroes and, and villains. And we're going to analyze what makes a good hero and what makes a good villain. Uh, well, and by we, I mean Tim. Tim, I believe, took a uh, film class in college. Right, Tim? That's right, which makes me an authority. Oh, wait, wait. You can't be an authority and be on this podcast. Dang it. Well, see you later. <laughs> uh, I, however, fully classify as a layman when it comes to movies, as you'll see when I list my top five. <laughs> That's right. Um, one of the unwashed masses. All right. But, yeah, well, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to list one of my favorite movies, and Tim will break it down as far as to uh, assuming that he knows what it is, but if not, I will give you some background in it, and you can, we can talk about what makes a good hero, what makes a good villain in these movies. All right? I can dig it. Okay. So we're going to start with um, number five, and this one is a, a, probably a less-known movie, uh, Let's see, probably 15, maybe 20 years old at this point. Um, and it is K-Pax. Never heard of it. Okay. I didn't, I thought this might be one that you weren't familiar with. So this one is, um, and don't judge it based on the actors, because these people may have fallen out of favor as of relatively recently. Um, it's got Kevin Spacey. Um, oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and Jeff Bridges, if I'm not mistaken. He hasn't fallen out of favor. He has not. Kevin Spacey, however. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, Would it help if I say that K-Pax sounds like a cereal? Uh, no. Or a rapper name. K-Pax so dropping beats. Yeah, I think I think I can give spoilers in, uh, for movies that are now 20 years old, right? <laughs> um, so, the plot of the movie is that this, uh, that's Kevin, Kevin Spacey's character is this... Um, is this alien, or at least purportedly, according to Kevin Spacey's character himself, he is an alien um, from the planet Capax. And he's got all of these unique abilities, including diagramming where his planet... So they, uh, anyway, he meets up with Jeff Bridges, and who uh, is a psychiatrist, I believe. And uh, they... Uh, and so Jeff Bridges is trying to figure out if this guy is actually telling the truth or if he's literally just a, a, a loony. Um, and it walks you through the whole experience of, of being able to figure out what is making this man tick and if he's actually an alien or not. And, and the, one of the things I love about the movie is that it is ambiguous in the end as, as to whether or not he is actually an alien or if he's crazy. Um, and uh, so the, and the, so at one point in the movie, uh, Jeff Bridges has Kevin Spacey like on, on the couch, you know, and doing the whole um, psychiatrist thing. But he actually convinces him to be hypnotized. And uh, and and so he talks him through a time in his life that uh, that that would seem to indicate that he is fully human and is just crazy because uh, uh, some earlier time in his life, his wife and children were murdered. Um but uh, but in the end, it's once again it's ambiguous as to whether or not um, he because uh, he he 
well, there are alternate endings for the movie, but in one ending, he he disappears. He literally is just gone all of a sudden. Um, and in the other ending, he uh, becomes kind of a, he's a, in a vegetative state, and he doesn't say anything. But um, Does this both happen right after the hip, hypnosis? No, it's it's a while after that, if I remember correctly. But to be, I, uh, I'd have to rewatch the movie to exactly remember the timeline. But very uh, intriguing uh, as far as the, the the hero is is a bit, you know, he, it's uh, unclear as to what what he you know, the the hero is. Of course, then, um, well, I, can it can it be two heroes in a movie, Tim? Well, you know, is it Jeff Bridges' character? Is it Kevin Spacey's character? I don't know. Um, and there is no direct bad guy, as far they are. There are people that are trying to get Kevin Spacey admitted into a, um, a you know, a crazy um, a place for a the mentally ill, um, and uh, and they do at one point. They get him admitted um, near the end of the movie, and um, anyway, I won't uh, I won't belabor the point, but it's certainly one worth watching. And given that you don't know it, you probably can't break that one down. <laughs> Yeah, well, more than to, in answer to your question, can there be more than one hero? I, I suppose there could, because you can have kind of multiple plot lines progressing. You can have, so for example, you can have internal conflict and external conflict. You know, so for for example, you know, Kevin Spacey's character versus the world, you know, um, can you know, is he going to come out on top with people respecting and believing him, or is he going to be basically defeated and incarcerated? or broken. And then, you know, at the same time, you've got Jeff Bridges with a a kind of an internal conflict of, you know, do I believe this guy or don't I? Um, And so, yeah, a a good story can have that happening where you've got multiple plots, you know, developing at once and kind of intertwined with each other. So anyways, yeah, who's the hero? Good. Sounds like an interesting movie. Yeah, I can, I can recommend it. Despite Kevin Spacey's um, clear, transgressions that, uh, that does kind of um touch yeah. it with uh, a taint yeah yeah it does but you can watch <laughs> it for jeff bridges so excuse me um okay we'll move on from k-pax then so this is one i'm pretty sure that you'll have seen next um if not you need to be give uh, up your cinematographer your c- cinematographer what, what's the card that you'll need to give up your your film card whatever <laughs> i'm a layman um, all right, so Interstellar. Have you seen the movie Interstellar, Tim? Um, remind me which one that is. Matthew McConaughey, Matt Damon, um, is it Anne Hathaway? Oh, I okay. Um, so I saw the other Matthew McConaughey movie about alien um, contact called Contact, but I haven't seen Interstellar. Lame. Lame man. Yes, yes. Well, how are you supposed to break down these movies, Tim, if you've never seen them? <laughs> Watch. <laughs> okay, well, I'll give a quick uh, overview Actually, of Interstellar. Actually, hear me. This is a podcast. <laughs> a quick inter- overview of Interstellar is that... Um... Wait, wait, does this have spoilers? Oh, I guess I shouldn't. Oh. Fine. You know what? I'll skip Interstellar because it's recent enough, and obviously you need to go see that one. All right, I'll uh, watch it, and we'll talk about it on another podcast. Ooh, teaser. Yes. <laughs> uh, it is a good one. Uh, for sure, I think it's worth investing. I think it's a long movie, if I remember correctly. It's almost three hours. Um, but it is very well done um, and very interesting. 
so lots of uh, intrigue and lots of good uh, good physics in it. I, I, there's points at which, of course, it departs from reality, I believe. Um, but uh, but you know, not as many as you would think, uh, given a, an interstellar travel movie. So, um, okay, number three. So, caveat on this one, uh, I only saw the edited version, but um, but it was uh, one that uh, was really me- meaningful, and that's Shawshank Redemption. Oh, I just was talking about this with someone the other day. Have you seen the edited version of Shawshank Redemption? I lived the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Does that mean no? Uh, I, I, it was on TV, so... Okay, perfect. Then yes. <laughs> long time ago back when you know you could watch movies on tv that were anyways okay um yeah so that one obviously uh you've got the main character who is uh who's actor i don't remember tim robbins tim robbins there and you go. morgan freeman yeah morgan freeman i remembered for sure but um yeah who uh, who's put in prison um falsely uh and uh, and then in prison goes through uh you know the worst experiences and comes out on top and uh finds a way to redeem himself and help other people in the process and uh and, and eventually it's an escape story right so he actually uh makes his way out and uh, uh but yeah it's got a lot obviously inside of there it's very uh uh poetic in a lot of ways yeah and uh, and it, there's the I mean that of course is the kind of the the main driving plot, but you also have the uh, a couple of subplots in there. Of course, Morgan Freeman's story about um, you, you know his own. It's interesting because you know Shawshank Redemption. You think okay, it's about Tim Robbins, you know, rebuilding his life after being falsely accused and imprisoned and so forth. But Morgan Freeman's um, character arc also fits in that. In a different way, you know, his character says at one point, I'm the only guy in here who did do the crime he was convicted for, you know, kind of, mm. uh, and, um, you know, his his being released, you know, after after years and decades and kind of coming, finding peace with his life. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. A, a, a plot with multiple, um, you know, multiple lines of progression. Uh, yeah, these are well done movies. What grade did you get in this uh, film class? <laughs> but I don't want to talk about it. It's my first <laughs> semester of college. Figuring things out, okay? <laughs> um, the, yeah, so the the, uh, the villain in that movie, I think, is mostly the... Is it the guards? Or, or there's a specific <laughs> guard? Or, or No, it's the... It's the um, warden. It's the warden, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but the warden... Yeah, the warden is the villain, that's right. Yeah, and and probably you could say more loosely the institution of the of the state, the you know the the failure of the justice system in in incarcerating Tim Robbins to begin with, the um yeah and the injustices of the of the prison system. Sure. But yeah, yeah. the warden would be the simple and clear cut oh, yeah. villain. Right. Okay. So now, what dreams may come? Whoa. So, uh, in this case, uh, for those that aren't familiar with the movie, um, this is a Robin Williams movie um, from, I think, the late 90s. Um, 
and he uh, so the the what dreams may come if you feel like that is jogging your memory somehow at least sounds familiar that's from the uh, Hamlet soliloquy um, to be or not to be that whole uh, soliloquy there uh, talking about what happens after death right so that's what the the title implies is what the movie contains and essentially uh, Hamlet in uh, the most common reading of it he's contemplating taking his life right. Oh. And so in this case, um, the movie is a movie about death, about the afterlife, and about suicide. Um, and Which so, sounds really heavy, and it is. <laughs> it's not a light movie, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, uh, I think it takes on the, the, some very difficult subjects. And uh, while theologically I might not agree with what it uh, concludes, I do think it's so well done and well constructed and well acted. That's Cuba Gooding Jr., Cuba Gooding Jr., Robin Williams. I forget the actress's name, but she does an awesome job as well. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just, just the, the, the thought-out nature of, of an afterlife and uh, and just suicide and how that uh, plays in your psychology and how um, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's it's truly a unique film of, of every any other film I've ever seen. I believe. Yeah, and and it uh, you know it what you look for in in a lot of classics or or at least you know traditionally is the you know how how does it. Um, artfully depict and represent and comment on the human experience and it really does uh yeah it, it's a um the question of what is love and what does it mean to love um is is very yeah it's, it's very interesting and artfully crafted yeah and in this case i think especially it's it, you know, the question of how enduring is love and and what uh, what what bounds even in the afterlife can be set on love. Um, and so I think uh, that it, yeah, it tackles these problems in a way that shows, you know, someone really having gone through the thought process of, of afterlife and, and God and, um, and sin and, you know, just, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, it's one of these movies that has a, a lot of, depth but it's also very visually appealing um yes, there's a yes. lot of colors in it <laughs> um, the, the yeah. way that they the way that they depict you know heaven and the afterlife is is creative it's, it's yeah. clever and uh, and um yeah yeah so i i it's one i uh it's also a movie that i feel like people either love or hate and i feel like more often hate than love um really that's interesting well, what, what do they hate about it well, I think it's just the um, the oddness of it, um, oh, huh. you know, that it's so outside of the normal uh, that it does focus on suicide to a large extent, and that it's just so um, uh, free and uh, free spirited. Just you know uh, that you know the their this picture of heaven is so different um, that I think it, it just a lot of people find it weird. So, and that's probably a good kind of proviso, the recognizing that this movie is not attempting to encapsulate any, you know, 
creed right it's you know if you're if you're going there ready to kind of split hairs about hey that's not what i believe or whatever then then you're going to kind of miss the point of the movie it's not uh it's not intended to be a yeah exactly doctrinal or dogmatic uh treatise yep yeah so don't go in there looking for yeah theological points but certainly uh, just a, a a person a human who are the writer or director of the movie um you know, goes in with an open mind, and I think comes to very interesting conclusions about uh, about the suicide, life, death, love, um, and and does does the movie um, you know justice um, in all of those aspects. So, as an English teacher, I I enjoy the connection to the Orpheus myth, uh, you know, Greek myth uh-huh. about a um, musician who journeys to the afterlife. Uh, to you know, to, in seeking his his true love who has died, and and anyways, so I, it's a, when you said Orpheus, I thought Oedipus, and I was trying to. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love a story with the connection to the Oedipus story. That just really, I don't know, it hits home for me somehow. It's really That's relate. So... <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, Sorry, good. mom and dad. We both. As the son, never mind. In a normal way to love. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So this is my number one movie here, um, and we can spend some time on this one because I know <laughs> you and I have discussed this movie in the past, actually. Um, and this, and, and that is Mario Hook. Brothers movie Hook. Oh, you are going to say Hook? Woo. Oh, I am going to say Hook. All right, it's absolutely exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, this is a movie. I don't remember the first time I watched it. I believe I liked it when the first time I watched it. But every time I rewatch it, I like it more. <laughs> and um, and so I watched it with my children. Uh, it's in our, you know, it's one of the library that we pull out frequently. And I, uh, I at once many years ago had uh, this silly quote competition. I was on a, uh, a trip with some young men that I was in charge of, and we were having this movie quoting competition where you were supposed <laughs> to quote a movie and uh, you know a, a line or a passage from a movie, and then someone had to guess it. And if you could give three lines from the movie without anyone guessing it, um, you win. Whoa! And so we should do that for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Because uh, I can't quote movies that well. I, I just, that's not, I don't, I don't have to spend enough time. I don't practice. I, it's something that my wife's family does all the time, actually, quote movies. But uh, it's not something I was particularly familiar with. Uh, but Hook is the one movie where I can quote so much of the movie. <laughs> um, and so I did that, and, and I won, because people uh, aren't as familiar with that movie as I. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just so... Well done. It is a children's movie to a large extent, but um, it is—it's also one of those kind of freewheeling movies. And so, maybe I think uh, I've talked about this with my wife as well before. I like these very artsy movies where lots of colors, very visually appealing, but also you know a, a very deep and moving storyline behind it as well. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Hook. Um, but in, in Hook. My favorite character, I love what Robin Williams, I love his Peter Pan portrayal, but Dustin Hoffman makes this movie in a way that no one else could. Uh, and his portrayal of uh, Captain Hook uh, is my favorite portrayal of any character in any movie ever. 
Wow, that's uh, that is high praise. Uh, it is it is astounding how well he gets the part. I mean, every line that he says is quotable. <laughs> so, Tim, if what what is your feedback on Hook? So it's interesting. I I was reading some you know just random article discussing. It was actually listing all of. Um, Shoot, what's his name? The director of uh, famous director. Yeah. Um, what? Why can't I? Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Thank you. <clears throat> and and he he had ranked all of Steven Spielberg's from best to worst. And the dead last on his movie ranking for was uh, of all the list of Spielberg movies, his least favorite was Hook. Well, and um, he's yeah. he's a a heathen. Uh, I, I, if I had to rank all blog people, he would be my last. <laughs> well, I just say he doesn't understand the spirit of Peter Pan, you know, <laughs> the child youthful innocence of Hollywood's portrayal of Neverland. And... Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, so if anyone hasn't seen the movie, go watch it. Dang it. But, um, I'm going to give you some spoilers. So, um, the the plot of of Hook is different than obviously your normal Peter Pan, and that Hook is now or, uh, Peter Pan is now grown up, and has children, and the children get abducted and taken um, to Neverland, and he has to go and get them back. Uh, but he doesn't. He's convinced he's not Peter Pan. He's forgotten who he is, and so the Wait, lost. You should talk to Kevin Spacey and Capex. <laughs> Apparently, there's a theme. Roles. Apparently, I really like this idea of not knowing who you are. <laughs> um. Probably says something about me psychologically. <laughs> Jeff Bridges will help you. <laughs> yes, um, I'm sure he could, you know, with money. Because <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So uh, Peter Pan's children get abducted. He has to go back, and uh, Tinkerbell, uh, played by Julie Roberts, and the Lost Boys have to jog uh, Peter's Rufio. memory. Rufio. <laughs> yes, Rufio. Uh, one of the Lost Boys. Uh, I, have to I wish I had a dad like you, Peter. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll be done for the moment. Uh, and uh, and anyway, and and Dustin Hoffman's character is Hook, and he's trying to. He wants to get Peter Pan back, which is why he's uh, abducted his children so he can get revenge. Uh, but when Peter Pan comes back and he doesn't remember who he is, and it's this fat old man that doesn't fly and doesn't <laughs> fight. Um, Hook is uh, offended and uh, says, uh, and Tinkerbell has to convince him that they can, uh, because he's going to kill the children. He's going to kill Peter Pan because he doesn't get this revenge he wanted. He doesn't get this war that he wanted. Uh, Tinkerbell convinces him to give uh, them three days to jog Peter Pan's memory. Those three days, um, Peter is struggling mightily until he... um, sees his son playing baseball. Uh, I guess I can't really go too many of the facts. Anyway, let's just say he just gets his... tell mem- us the whole movie. <laughs> he gets his memory jogged uh, and, and remembers that, the, that he was Peter Pan, and the reason he stopped being Peter Pan is because he wanted children, and he loves his children, and that is his happy thought, and that is what takes him from this fat old man who, who's angry and... Um, to the, the fun-loving, uh, joyful Peter Pan of old is that he remembers that he wanted children and he loves his children and he'll fight for his children. And so uh, it's a very 
apt given our, our the subject of our last episode. Uh, so go back and listen to your parenting uh, tips. But um, but yeah, it's a you know it's a very simple movie as a children's movie should be, but very well done as far as the uh, dynamic hero that you know changes uh, and and a villain that you love to hate uh, and you love to love. And I will put in this plug for it. I, I always enjoy a good retelling of a of a, you know, a classic. So they take the Peter Pan story and kind of remake it and redo it and build around it. And, you know, it, again, that's something that sometimes people hate. You know, what have they done? And, but um, you, it's also fun to see kind of that uh, that creative angle. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're running short on time, Tim. Did you have um, a movie you wanted to give us or uh, some information about heroes and villains you wanted to regale us with? Well, let's um, so let's just talk about villains here since that. So tell us what, again, you like about um, the Dustin Hoffman hook. Why, why does he make such a good villain to you? Uh, I mean, they portray him as uh, that's a good. He he's very vengeful. Um, he wants uh, he wants this war. He wants this fight. He's he's very authoritarian. Um, he, his way or the highway. Um, Casually murders. Right? Yeah, ruthless. Exactly. He's a ruthless person. He, at one point, he's seen dropping a, a full-grown man into a box where he drops in scorpions just because he has this feeling that this man was not being um, true to uh, Captain Hook uh, and the cause of the pirates. And so, um, ruthless, uh, but also just very um, uh, eloquent. So very well-spoken and very. Um, uh, different than his uh, his followers. Um, um, yeah, I it, uh, you're the one that took the film. Uh, class, <laughs> you psychoanalyze. <laughs> so, so that is uh, interesting. The things that you're pointing out, you know, it, these villainous qualities, you know, ruthlessness, cruelty, vengefulness, <clears throat> single-minded and authoritarian. You know, the typical qualities that we we expect to see in a villain. And I think uh, I imagine that part of what you enjoy in the movie is seeing it uh, it portrayed in in an image. Um, Dustin Hoffman puts it together in an image that is um, extreme and yet believable. Right. We we see this hook and it looks real. It feels authentic. I think one of the things that sinks a movie is when the the composite of the character doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel believable. We, we, it throws us out of our suspended disbelief where, where we immerse ourselves in the movie and momentarily pretend that it's real. But if, if something jars us or jolts us that that doesn't feel right, it doesn't seem believable, then it throws us out and that rubs us wrong. We don't like that movie. We don't like that character. Um, so, so I think part of what you enjoy is that, he's it's a really seamless character yep. uh, what do you think yeah i think you're right i think it's yeah and and to that point i know i've seen dustin hoffman in other roles but i actually can't think of any <laughs> because <laughs> to him uh, to, to me mm. he is captain hook and that is 
they're one and the same because it's just so believable his role and so well acted and so yeah so well um done that it's just i that's all i can think of when i think of dustin hoffman you know if you want to want to ruin your experience with hook go and watch tootsie (laughs) i will not because i don't want to ruin my experience with hook thank you um but yeah i mean if you got to take a villain um and and so you know culturally now relevant uh thanos um versus hook uh as far as like what I and I've I, obviously the new uh, Avengers movie comes out uh, as we're recording it. I believe it's tomorrow. Um, though I couldn't swear to that anyway. But um, it's a very well done villain. Um, but the the I, I can't I don't have the vocabulary for it. But the the character of Hook to me is much more relatable. And much more personable, and so the villainry of Hook is more believable, um, and so it is uh, the whole. It just connects with me more. Um, a Thanos, you know, godlike character is not not believable to me, or doesn't have any connection, um, and so I don't. It's he's okay, you know, as far as villains go, but. You know, uh, and and I will concede that point. Um, I will offer a, a counter argument just for fun here. Um, so for me, one thing that the Thanos character in the um, in the Avengers Infinity War movies offers is uh, that in, in, as a villain is kind of a philosophical believability. One mm-hmm. one thing that I tire with um, in a lot of in a lot of especially action movies but in all sorts of all sorts of villains in in Hollywood and in in story too and is we get these villains that are one dimensional they're they're not real in that you know they're they're just these twisted bent characters they're um you know they're just greedy or they're just malevolent and evil there's there's not a whole lot of <clears throat> You know, they you could not translate them into the real world because there's there's no being out there that is just pure malice or just pure, um, you know, just out there doing evil for the sake of evil. Now, we may perceive them that way, but when you stop and look at even, you know, you you go to uh, prison and, and look on, you know, death row, even the you know, those who have committed the most heinous crimes um, there, there are dimensions to their personality and they're, they're not just one-sided beings. And so what I appreciate about the, the Thanos is that his, um, his character is not just, not just evil. He's not just bent on ruling the universe for the sake of, you know, he's thirsty for power. He actually has a, you know, there's a actually a motive or a reason and, uh, you know, bizarre and twisted as it may seem, it, it's at least, um, it, it's a unified reason. He he has a philosophy that can actually be articulated coherently. It's messed up, but um, it, it makes him more than just, you know, some evil demonic force of, you know, whatever that's, you know, you know, consuming the universe. And and I appreciate that. It just there, there's a little more to it. Now, I, I'm I'm not saying that Thanos is the deepest villain out there. But I I wish that Hollywood would take more time to 
and and all of storytelling at least in our modern western culture would would take the time to create characters that villains that actually are true to life and real to this world there are villains out there but they're much deeper than the you know the the tripe that we get shoveled up on the on the widescreen so often so i just appreciate thanos that it's a it's a step in that direction yeah so what i get from you is that you like thanos well, I just figure I better get on his good side because shoot me. <laughs> That's right. He's got the gauntlet. Is that whatever it is? That's well, he's not Hook. I I think uh, you know, head to head, Hook wins that because he's gonna um, get his hook around the gauntlet and rip it off, and then uh, you know, um, yeah, that would be a good celebrity death match to watch. The... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. All right. Well, uh, on that note, I believe we will end this episode and uh, we will encourage you to uh, uh, go. Well, I could, so we've done books now and movies. So we want to encourage, you know, a good rounded, uh, well-rounded uh, human uh, society uh, needs us to be well-versed in culture and literature. So go watch hook because that is the best um, shove it right there next to your old classics you know from gilgamesh down to you know down to uh my antonia grapes of wrath and hook that's right perfect all right we will see you guys next week good night neverland <laughs>